Okay, so we're going to look into improving our DNAs across the board. What I mean by that is right now, our DNAs are very different based off the people in each group and every leader. So some DNAs are thriving. They're like, DNAs are the best thing about APC. Some DNAs are floundering, like DNAs are the worst. Why do you have DNAs? Please, please get me out of one. And some, some people have literally just stepped out away from DNA indefinitely and they're like, I'm not doing that anymore. And so what we want to do is we want to lean in to the uniqueness and the power that God has gifted each of you who lead DNAs because no one will lead it like you exactly. And that's good. And yet create a little bit more standardization so that even if you are not doing that well or a leader isn't that strong, there's going to be a general level of quality and health among our DNAs, even if the DNA lead isn't the strongest. Um, we got some more pens, if anyone needs any pens, to take notes from the vast amount of wisdom I'm going to share. Just kidding. Um, now, I want to start off by saying this. The people who will resist this DNA templates are those who are usually the most natural at leading. It's like, I don't need that. Maybe they need that, but I don't need that, right? And I helped write this, and I'm going to be tempted not to use it. Now, the reason why I want to encourage you to use it is because we want to really call every member of our church to eventually get to the level where they can facilitate and lead a DNA. And if you are just the most naturally organic gifted leader and you can just pull things from your mind and like, let's do this, do this, and others watch you, what are they thinking? I can't do that. I can't do that. They're like pulling out Greek and Hebrew. They're like, yeah, when I was fasting and praying this last week, I thought of this and I'm going to share you guys. And if you're constantly leading that way, it creates a standard that is hard to sustain and be reproducible. And what we want is others to be able to look at you and say, I need the power of the spirit, but I think I can do that. I can do that. And so we want to create some standardized ways that would help DNAs thrive more across the board. The other thing is, as we go through this template, there are areas that this template will highlight that you will neglect because you're not interested in it or you're weak in it. For example, if you are weak in evangelism, you are likely not going to raise that question up on a regular basis. Hey, how are you guys doing sharing the gospel with your neighbors, your coworkers, right? If you suck at it, you're not going to bring it up <laughs> unless you're deeply convicted and then you're going to rally them into your conviction, right? And the there's other questions about like health and lifestyle and sleep patterns, if you aren't good at that, you're probably not going to bring that up because you're not interested in it because that's why you're not good at it, right? You don't care about it. And so what this template is doing is trying to give a sustainable, robust kind of spectrum of areas to highlight that help disciples be fully formed into the image of Christ. Because if you, you're not emotionally mature, you won't be spiritually mature. If you don't handle physical realities like sleep and work rhythms and Sabbath rest, all that stuff, you're not going to be mature either, right? They're all integrated, right? Our discipleship is holistic. It's not just merely, uh, you, you need to know more of this. Your problem is you don't know enough truth. That's true, but it's also that and other things. And so questions like how your family rhythms are, taking care of your, you know, what you're, we're going to get into them. There are things that you can easily forget. And so 
This is created so that you can have a slow but reproducible, like sustainable um, opportunities to bring up these topics that you probably will not think of. Um, so we're going to go through it together. I'm going to make comments as we go, and then I'm going to charge you to go through it with your DNA so they know what to expect. So you're not like, hey, listen here, we're going to do this now. But you're like, hey, we're doing this as a church. Now, there's room here for alternatives, but this is just a general framework we're, we're laying out for you. Now, let's start off with first how not to have a meeting. And this is one that you are all familiar with because we've all seen it happen and you've done it, right? So there is a spectrum that we have a danger first. So danger one is a venting session. So the DNAs are hijacked based off of everyone's needs. And it's, it's simply just a time for us to grumble and complain about all things that are hard. Okay, that's the most extreme side of that spectrum. Maybe you're gossiping. You know, my husband stinks. He doesn't lead me well. He's so passive, right? Like, it's just like the whole time is just everyone just bearing burdens, but you're not going to Christ with them. And if you do, it's like the last two minutes. You're like, oh, we got to pray, right? And we just kind of quickly pray, right? And that's that's one extreme. And and part of that extreme is also someone is going through a legitimate crisis because they're going through crisis. It, It actually commandeers the time and actually times. And the whole DNA for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months are just about this one situation and no one else is able to like really grow through that. So that's one extreme spectrum, no nuance. On the other spectrum that there's no nuance is just, just a Bible study. That mindset is primarily thinking is you just need to understand God's word and theology more. So we're going to just have a Bible study. We're going to study and we're going to trust the Holy Spirit will apply it to your life. I don't need to apply it. I don't need to know. The Holy Spirit will do it. Just we need the Bible, right? That's the other extreme. Both are unhelpful, right? Discipleship is going to bring both of those realities together. And so uh, a phrase that we can utilize in our DNAs is open life, open Bible, right? Or open Bible, open life. So you can look at on their sheet, DNA groups, open Bible, open life. This is a helpful paradigm because it marries both scriptural study and prayer and also life application and accountability. And the reality is every one of us here are going to lean and err towards one of the sides of the spectrum or not. Some of you are very relationally oriented, which is a gift of God, but you kind of neglect the scriptures. And some of you guys, you, you're not really good with people. <laughs> you don't know how to ask questions. You don't know how to talk with others as well. And so you're going to just lean towards the Bible, which is safe. And so I would say all of us have room to grow and, and by the Holy Spirit over time can bring both realities. Okay. So now you can look at the italicized words here. The following is an example of how you can structure a 90 to 120 minute DNA meeting. I think probably most DNA meetings are usually 90 minutes. Um, so that's kind of the, the top end. Um, this is what most meetings could look like. However, you need to remember that you have the wisdom and authority to have the uh, executive decision to make decisions on the fly as things are going on, right? Tragedies in their life, in the world, you need to make pivots and not be like, yeah, you're going through a divorce, but we need to get through our curriculum, right? Like, I know you guys wouldn't do that, but let me just remind you, you have permission to, to pivot. Now, if you're always pivoting, then that's unhelpful. And if there's a situation where it is going to take over the group for a while, that's where you need to p- tap your MC leaders or co-leaders and or pastors, and we can elevate it and come bring support. That's, we're here to serve you. Now, we're all, we all need help, but sometimes we need help, help, okay? 
that's when you tap us in so we can help carry that burden. And maybe that goes offline and we meet and we partner with Cedar Cove and do some pastoral uh, biblical counseling or something else like that to give you that breathing room so that that person is not being neglected. And also it's not also taking over that group itself. Does that make sense? So just, I don't know if you knew that was a real option, but that's a real option and not just an option, a mandatory option. If you have a situation that will take over your group and no one else will be able to talk and share for weeks on end, like maybe a few weeks is important. You need to do that. But over and over again, tap us in and and let's lean in and pray through how can we care long-term, okay? Because you guys know what that's like, right? Where it's just, it's just one person talking, 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 and they need to talk and maybe there's another avenue for that. Okay, so let's talk about this regular template to start off with. This is going to be the one that you will feel often strained to do. A few of these will be, but this is going to be one of them. And that's starting off with the word. It feels unnatural. If you do it regularly, it will feel more natural. Lay Sung led our DNA. So we were saying bye to Alex Kearney. He's moving to another DNA. And we were at Maria's Cafe. And Laysung, which said, all right, let's just start off with the word because that's what we do. And he suggested a psalm. Alex was like, actually, Psalm 90 was really precious to me. So great, we did Psalm 90. It could be the psalm of the day or it could be just anything you read in the New Testament, Old Testament that day. Just take a small passage, meaningful, and we just took turns reading it. So Laysung read a verse. We just prayed about that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us gain a heart of wisdom. Help us number our days. And we just confessed, praised, petitioned based off of that truth. And then we went down the list. I know that Joanna does this regularly in her DNA group. The reason why this is so important to start your time with is it because it grounds you in solidity, in reality. And oftentimes I've noticed that as we spend time in God's word first, even if it feels unnatural, because like there's a lot of things to talk about. Let's say we know like I and I, you're going through a hardship at work and we all talked about it through text and we want to talk about it. And it feels weird to say, we're going to start here, not you. But when we start here, we set our, not only are we setting a precedent in our, of our priorities, we're also grounding ourselves in truths so that when we do minister to one another, our hearts are already soft, softened and we're, we're standing on the rock. And so what I've noticed is when we start with the word, People have just been way softer throughout the meeting. And often when you're in tragedy, sadly enough, in our immaturity, we don't go to the word. So we're, we're trying to minister to the person whose heart is starting to harden because of these circumstances that are really hard. The heat, remember, heat, uh, we'll, we'll get to the root fruit in, uh, later. But the heat is so hot that they've been neglecting time of prayer in the word. And it just helps them. It just helps pull them out of the what they're in the midst of and be like, oh, truth, reality. And it makes them think about other things that may not be absolutely relevant to what they're going through, but it it is relevant in the grand scale of things. And it it makes them go into truths that they're not thinking about. So I want to challenge you in the beginning of your day, even if it feels unnatural, just lead your group to say, hey, let's just start, start with the first 10 to 15 minutes. Open God's word. You pick it. You guys can talk about it real quickly. Don't spend a long time and then pray through the scripture. Any questions on that? Yeah, I would just say, like, let's say your New Testament reading that morning or Old Testament reading. So we're, our group is going through First John right now, almost done with that. And then also Job. You know, you could be like, hey, yesterday's reading was really helpful. So part of you being a DNA lead or facilitator is you thinking through what would be a, a, a good passage within our realm 
that would be helpful. I would encourage you to keep it within the things that you guys are already doing so that it's more sustainable rather than like, hey, there's a GG article I was reading or, hey, I was doing my Greek devotional. And it's just something that like feels but it feels very simple. And I think the more simple you can make it and the more is the more reproducible it can be. Oh, it's just the psalm for that day or it's just the New Testament reading that day. And then you'll just let the word do its work. You'll just marvel at how God does powerful things in the work. And a lot of times, even the passage that's just the day, uh, that day's passage is just right on, right? As you guys all know, God just nails us and meets us. And he does so much more in those few minutes opening God's word and our hearts to his word than us just chatting and talking. So I think a lot of us have been guilty of letting our issues commandeer the time. And actually, we're not actually serving each other in the long run. We feel, may feel better because we unloaded our hearts, but we actually didn't get filled up with truth and help. All right. So after you do that, you may, again, have the permission to make it longer if, if it feels right. Also shorten it down. Like let's say you are on going through like let's say you pick five, passage, uh, five verses to go through and you guys are spending so much time in the two or three. Just stop it then. It's good. It's good. Like you're in a good place. You don't need to be like, well, we got to complete the whole chapter. Like just pick a very manageable amount and then stop. Cool. All right. Nurture. The next section would be nurture. And that's going through. First step is you want to follow up. One of the challenges we can have is that we can feel um, like we've accomplished something because we've already talked about it. And oftentimes the real work is the next steps of following up. And how encouraging is it? When you are asked about something you shared about in the past and they remembered. And one of the great things you can do as a leader, you don't have to be the most gifted leader, the wisest, most biblically knowledgeable. But literally just in your meeting, you're just jotting down quick little scratch notes in the following meeting. Hey, Matt, how to go with that conversation with Courtney? Wow. Thanks for remembering. And then we can start from there. And God willing, we're following up. And then if you do that, what do you do? You create a culture where your accountability and your support has some teeth to it and has some weight to it to where you know that if you share, your brothers and sisters are actually going to care and not going to just be like, all right, you shared it, you're good. That's so helpful. That's helpful when we're fighting sin and it's helpful when we're going through suffering, that they're going to be there. So start off following up quickly. Ideally, some of the things that we're going to talk about in this template, if you communicate well throughout the week, some of this is already done and then you can just make pivots and skip it, right? Ideally, you followed up the next day. Hey, that was a hard conversation we had. How are you doing processing that brother, you know, um, or sister? A week later, how are you doing with that fight of blank you mentioned? That's really, really helpful. Okay, now this is going to be out of everything, the one that you are going to skip the most. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. Please don't. So this is the question of the week that's on rotation. Please note, this is one question you will go through on a rotation, not all of them in one time. That is overwhelming. I once got a accountability sheet and it was like 20 questions that they would go through. And at the very end, they would say, have you lied about any of these answers? You know, and I'm sure it was good, but it was intense, right? Just one. Question one. What does quality time with the Father through prayer and the Word look like for you these days? You're not going to ask it every week, but you know what? You're going to ask it every eight meetings. <laughs> and it's just a good, good little check-in point because you may not ask it because other things are going on. And these are the things that often are neglected in the midst of trial 
Because who has time to talk about that? But you don't have time to talk about all these things, but you could talk about one of them. And you could just spend just a few minutes just sharing. And there's a good opportunity to write down notes, follow up, encourage each other. Second question, do you have any stories of sharing the gospel with unbelievers or connecting with them lately? How can we pray alongside of you and come alongside of you? Right? Great question. Laysung, how many times have I asked you guys that in the last year we've been together? This question, something like that. Maybe none. 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 How dare you? I'm the leader, so I should have asked. Well, you know what? We just transitioned recently. But I've been leading for the last year. And you're absolutely right. I never asked that question. And that's on me. And this helps me get to it. I could have at least, if we did this a year ago, I could have at least have asked you that question a few times. I'm not saying that would change everything, but over time, remember, discipleship is just these like moment by moment, uh, like degrees of glory, just a little bit growing in that area. Right. And it's going to help. Question three, how are you doing leading, loving and caring for your biological and church family, depending on your respective roles? Really, really well-crafted sentence. Right. Just really smooth. But (laughs) that's a question I have asked. Right. Laysong. Right. Yes. Yes. I have asked that question. Right. Because you know what? It's been on my mind a lot this last year. So I've asked it. But what if it's not been on your mind? You're not going to ask it. It's not on your mind. So it's another great opportunity. I got to stop making that same comment over and over again. Okay. (laughs) Number four, have you been walking in purity in all things in private and public? So good. So good. And one of the things I would highlight about this one is that oftentimes we will share when something is really, really bad. And sometimes you may not. But we won't like little things, you know, like if you just like, yeah, I've been having a little bit of attraction towards this person in my life. Right. But it's like not so much where you're like, it's like consuming you. But 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 maybe when you cover that question, you just share it in in there. That's a future demon that you just kind of just cut off the head. Like it just opens up doors for seeds that can turn into great issues to be cut or an invitation to come into the light if you've been hiding in the darkness. Right. Are you maintaining the unity of the spirit, participating or participating in divisive behavior, gossip or slander, distancing yourself, harboring bitterness? Oh God, how much we need help in this and so often in churches, right? Question six, are there any things that have mastery over your life? Notice the list, drugs, food, what? Alcohol, entertainment, gambling, porn, money, relationship, career. Trying to be really specific to get every angle, right? It's easy not to think about how career can have a master of our life, right? It's easy to forget that. Or entertainment or food and all the other ones too. Number seven, how are the rhythms of, of taking care of your body through regular physical exercise, proper eating and sleeping habits? Raise your hand if you would probably almost never ask this question. Yep. And how important is that? You, you don't do this well. You can't have a quiet time with the Lord. Like you can't have quality time, right? So it's all integrated. Remember, discipleship is holistic. It's all of us, all of life. Number eight, have you abounded in good works, generosity and integrity with the resources God has entrusted you? We feel very like scared to ask this kind of question, right? You, you look at almost anybody who's ever struggled deeply in our church, they almost never gave. It's always connected. Everything is connected. You can't isolate one thing that like we're going to just focus on your addiction 
and then all the other stuff. No, 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 they're all connected. And this is a really, really vulnerable, but good question to ask regularly. How are you doing with stewarding God's resources? Number nine, have there been any lies you've been struggling with that have undermined the truth of who God is and who you are, who others are, or the gospel? And number 10, and this is going to be the strange one. Where are you struggling the most to fulfill the membership commitments to APC? So this is every 10 weeks, 10, 10, 10 meetings. You just glance over the membership commitments and it just highlights some areas that you could remember like, oh, this is something I don't really care about. I got to re-up in my heart. Okay. Any questions to all of that? That was a lot. For question eight, mm-hmm. uh, the focus of that in yeah. mind is uh, finances or just gifts generally? Like- yeah. Yep. Yep. So yes, it's both. Yeah. Yeah. We try to leave it open and we didn't say, are you giving to the church a regular tithe? Cause we're tracking, right? No, we're not. I mean, kind of, but not, um, but it's more just in general because that's the, that's seems like that's what the apostles talk about, um, abounding in good works. And that looks like to the church, but it looks like to others. And yeah. Yeah. Question. Um, what would be some examples of like, how do you see number nine playing out? Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. So this one's a harder one because you, it takes some self-awareness. And it may mean that you guys read that question and pray for a minute or two. Are there any lies I'm believing I'm struggling with? Like someone – and so this takes some discipline. This takes some maturity, but maybe you'd be like, I'm struggling to believe that I'm actually forgiven. Even though I know technically I'm forgiven in the Bible, but I'm not receiving that. You know, or I'm not loved, you know, or I'm not enough. All these different kind of lies that, that kind of push. Yes, you're not enough. Actually, someone just said that in their head. Yes, you're not enough. But it's the, you know what I mean, hopefully. Yeah, keep going. Uh, well, and then another different question. Question four, like, how would that be different than question six? Like the categories of walking in How is four and six different? Yep. Um, you know what? There, it's not that different. I mean, there's ways to carry yourself out, outwardly that's different from things that – oh, okay, okay. So four kind of gets more specific to um, matters that are about purity. Okay. And number six can be a lot of things. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what would be some examples of number four that yeah, I mean, number number four could be porn or it could be lust. It could be flirting with another person who's not your spouse. It could be carrying yourself another way. The reason why four is highlighted when six could be a, a coverall, and we could com- compile them together. We could put some thought. So this is part of the feedback too, that this isn't, this is 1.0, okay? This is going to be improved over time is because lust is just such a uniquely highlighted struggle in the New Testament and historically a struggle in the church that we want to especially go after that i wonder if yeah. war could include things like modesty conversations mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. um attitudes like mm-hmm. outward attitudes or things that you don't feel ruled by necessarily but members of your dna would be able to point mm-hmm. out yeah like you when you mentioned that one like it could be small or big trying to yep. cut things off small yep where six feels like this is ruling you yeah yeah there's evidence of it ruling you and so mm-hmm. focusing on mm-hmm. bigger issues there it's great great other feedback I would add technology to number six. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I need a pen there. I'll grab someone's notes later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely good. Yep. 
Yeah, because entertainment isn't cover at all. It could be other no, things with technology. That yep. Speaks differently to you and how yep. you're handling your phone and everything. That's great. Yeah, I mean, like, majority of people struggle with that, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's never going to be a specific a- question you ask in DNA unless you do this, right? Yeah, and relatedly yeah. with technology, maybe social media, mm-hmm. and with that is, like, the praise of others. Yeah. Like, that's something that could be a, a ruling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to make sure I grab that note from you. Praise the Yeah. Do you have any recommendations or guidance about when these things should be elevated to the pastor? Especially, you yep. know, things like drug use or things like that seem pretty obvious. Yeah. But more um, um, hidden or even like respectable mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. sins yeah. where it's like, yep. you know, that's not that bad. But yeah. yeah. It actually, it would yep. be horrible. So for the respectable sins category, so um, put it on the shelf for the future respectable sins by Jerry Bridges. Um, would be things – the reason why these questions could actually be really helpful is that as you go back over through them over the months and the person keeps saying the same thing, mm-hmm. then that's when you double-click. Because we can all fall into everything on this list. Mm-hmm. But if it becomes a pattern and you just say, brother, I, you know, I, I love you, man. I want you to know this come from a place of real love. But for the last like six months, we've every time we bring this up, you keep sharing the same thing. And it doesn't seem like, how can I help you? And then you kind of lean in. And then if they're not willing to receive that extra care, then may, maybe you have to elevate it. But that's, that's a hard thing to do because a lot of times we feel like we've accomplished something just by confessing and then it's done. And it's actually, that's just one step. The next step is actually fighting. And if the person shows a, a pattern of not fighting, like honestly, a big one would be neglect of the word. Like I talked to certain people in the church and they've been saying that, oh, I've been struggling with the time with the word. It's been like four years. You just can't keep saying that for four years in a row and just always neglect your time with God, mm-hmm. right? And eventually you got to just really double click like, hey, I'm going to fight for you. Like, what, what does it take? Mm-hmm. Do you need me to text you every day, call you? Like, I'm going to fight with you. You need to fight too. Like, just challenging them lovingly, you know? And that's why it's important for you to just remember and kind of jot down notes and you'll just start picking up these patterns. Kind of along, those, along the same lines, maybe you said this, before and I missed it, but on the second one, that follow up question, how can I be praying and coming alongside this? Is there a particular reason why you coupled it with number two instead of saying this should be a follow up question to all of them? How can I, how can we be praying and coming alongside this? Oh, sure, sure. I feel like would fit. 100%. Yeah. The reason why number two is really important is do you remember we talked about this before the three strand uh, cord um, of evangelism? Right. So it's just you, you, you may be sharing. Another person is connecting. Another person is like hospitable, like part of us uh, working together to share the share the gospel and reach the lost is not you individually doing everything, but actually trying to integrate them into community. Other people can connect and serve them. So that's why. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I have this. So perfect case in point would be Scott having this guy he's ministering at work. And now Williams looped in. Yeah. That, that's a great example right there. Yeah. But so applied differently, this question would work for all. Of course, hundred percent, hundred percent, and that would be connected to the uh, the next section, which would be the follow up, um, and that's going to be towards the end. Um, other, yeah. Uh, do you recommend like sending the question of the week out? Yes, hundred percent. Okay. Yep, that would be really helpful, especially those who process slower in person. Yeah. Uh, um, just a practical question about time. Yeah. Because this is a lot. It's starting to sound like uh, 
longer conversation than we have. Yep. Or that people are yep. even able to really commit in the evening. <clears throat> yep. Like some of my guys, like they're like, we don't need to go to bed at nine o'clock, you know. Yep. And so we'll meet at seven. We only have two hours, but we can yep. spend yep. an hour for one person trying to. Yep. So, so that, that's true. So this can get unwieldy. One, you're not going to go through everything every time. Yep. This is something that you're going to use as a, as, a, as a goal that will help you. But this is where – are you a D-Day lead? Mm -hmm. This is where you have to do a lot of hard work and then you go through this with them ahead of time so they know what to expect. So that they know that you saying, hey, can we continue that conversation offline? Or, hey, can we talk about that over text this week? helps them know that you're not singling them out, knowing that you have to do it yourself, you have to do it to others, and will help move, it, move people along. It's going to be difficult to do, and you just need discretion on when you need to skip something and, and move into other ones. Yeah. If people are thinking ahead of time, this can go a lot smoother. Like the, the time we had with Alex, myself, and Laysan with the word, it wasn't – it didn't take that long. You know, it, we just jumped into it. And yeah. Cool. All right, two alternative questions to get to the heart. And this is now where it moves towards just talking about the everyday life. So everyday life, there's two sets of questions. Um, the first set of questions, I actually asked Pastor Scott, if you want to share the four questions, it's the second set. You want to share? This is your, your group does this, right? Uh, not right now. We have in the past. Okay, why don't you share a little bit yeah, about yeah. this? See, when I was with Andy, Andy and I, we would do this. Yeah, we just found this a helpful way to structure some of just as each person shared what did God show you in the word this week so in addition to um, I don't at this point that was kind of taking the place of the initial time in the word it was just, yep. the idea was that each person would share something yep. of what they found in the word yep. the second one how did God help you obey him this week so just reaching for evidences of grace like we did down below uh, down in the fellowship hall so not just coming and sharing all that's hard all that's challenging but being able to celebrate together how did you struggle with sin this week? That's, you know, more of the classic uh, question that we're often addressing in DNA. And then something that would help us look ahead. How can we pray for you this upcoming week? So that was helpful. Like, we riffed on it a lot. We didn't always go through it in the exact order or with rigidity. But it was just something of, we want to try to hit on all these each time in some way. That's great. Yep, and so there's discretion there. If you do those, you may be able to integrate some of the other elements in there. And so these are just tools to give you. I think in the past we didn't give you tools. We just kind of like, you know, figure, figure it out, kind of. And this gives you some more things. Another alternative set of questions you can ask is the good, the bad, the ugly. This is what we typically do with our wives and uh, the pastors when we meet quarterly. And it's just the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, it's kind of self-explanatory, but I'll just give a little bit. Good are just things that you're praising God for, answers to prayers, things that it could be major, it could be small maybe something god spoke to you recently that just deeply touched you and moved you um the bad are often when you think of the three trees in ccf um this is the heat in life this is the hard things in life this is the suffering um this is not necessarily you caught you sinning but this is just hardship in your life and then the third one would be ugly ugly is how are you responding to the good and the bad because you can respond respond ugly to to praise to good things I'm, I just got a raise and a promotion and it's owning me and I'm finding so much pride in it. So that's the ugly, even though historically you'd think ugly would be really bad things, but that is bad. It's responding towards a good gift and making an ultimate gift. So this is where you talk about sin in your life and things that are, you're struggling with. Questions on this? These two sets of questions?
If people know these are coming and have thought about it, it can be really, really seamless and powerful. And sometimes people will share a lot and sometimes they don't need to share that much. Like it just wasn't that eventful. And there's just a few things to share. All right, coming down to it. How do you respond? We're reading through Job right now in, in our MC. Um, Job is a reminder of how not to respond at times, right? Um, they started off well, I mean, really well, sitting there in silence and weeping and suffering with him for three days, right? It's a long time. That's, that's really good. And then, then they kind of went downhill from there, just started preaching at him. So first of all, make sure you grieve and lament the circumstances. So let, let me just remind you real quick so that there's, there's two realities. We have the heat. Heat is all the hard things we talked about. And then we have the roots, okay? And then we all have different fruits. So everyone is going through heat. And based on what your roots are, what you believe about God, yourself, the gospel, others will re- re- result into certain fruits, okay? And it could be good, bad, fruit. Depending on your roots will produce the fruit. The same kind of heat in 10 different Christians can produce vastly different fruit based off of the roots. The danger is that all of us here are going to err on one or the other. Some of you think the heat is everything. If the heat just went away, then your life would be good. Nope. And others of you just focus on what are you not believing? What do you need to believe? (laughs) Right? And you don't care that the heat actually hurts. The heat hurts. The heat is heat for a reason. And so there's a good balance of knowing when to weigh in. Man, that heat is so hot. I am hurting for you. How hot is it? But then if every week is just talking about how bad the heat is and never getting the roots, you're never going to see good fruit in their life. Does that make sense? Any questions on this? I think we've done this before with you guys. Um, anyone seen this? This Who hasn't not seen this? Who's not seen a few of you, right? Um, and then if, if, if there is bad roots that are, that are exposed by bad fruit, then you go to the other tree, which is the cross. And then as the gospel and truth is spoken of, these roots get uprooted and you get new roots. And so the same heat will produce good fruit. I don't know how to make good fruit. Maybe they're Smiley smiley, <laughs> smiley fruit. <laughs> the heat can actually get hotter and worse, but because the roots have been uprooted and got gospel roots, truth, now good fruit's producing. And this is a really helpful paradigm because so often in counseling, we're going to err towards one or the other and neglect both realities. So that's why the good, the bad, the ugly can be really helpful to work through. Um, any other questions? There, there, you're going to also have to have the discernment to know something. Set, someone says something and you think, okay, that one statement is, they say this one statement and that statement is, you can tell, is upheld by a giant glacier, right? Mm-hmm. And it's actually the glacier should be more like this, right? Just like barely. And it's like massive. And you need to have this sermon say, okay, we need to pivot. We need to talk about that offline. Or we need to pull in another leader. Because that one statement represents a lot, mm-hmm. right? And you need to discern what, what things could be said that represent all that. Um, so there's a lot there. Questions? Uh, Comments? Yeah. When you talk about that offline or bringing another leader, is there a point, like, is the first step to just meet with people in your DNA one-on-one for big issues? Yeah, I I think so. Yeah. And then bring in a leader if it just feels like I need help. 
I prefer not to get like uptick of like 50 more emails, right? But like, yeah, lean into us if you feel like I just, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth or this is actually far deeper. If we do DNA well, we'll, we'll hopefully not have as many of those things. Final thing, next steps. Is there any specific things you need to do or plan for that week to help support, encourage meals, prayer, accountability? Make sure you confirm the next time and place you're meeting right then. How stressful is it? How much of a fallen reality is it is just trying to get meet with people, right? Scheduling, just do it right there. Everyone pull out your phones, look at your calendars um, and figure out when you're meeting. Put the time, you're meeting then. And then jot down as a leader any keynotes to follow up during the week or the next meeting. And then thank the Lord in prayer. Or you can spend a long time praying. Discretion. Questions, comments?